Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! If you got a case of the Mondays, don't worry. Christmas is right around the corner. This is also, though, your last Monday show for the year. I don't know if that makes it better or worse or what, but last Monday show for 2022. Crazy how fast the uh, the time has flown. Welcome in. Nuanda's now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Happy to be back with you. I had a couple days off last week. We'll have... Uh, a little bit more in the week off, starting on Thursday. So just Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday shows this week, and then we're off until the new year. Uh, so looking forward to some R&R. That's kind of how we roll around here. We uh, go pretty much every day, seven days a week, all the way until we get to uh, the end of the year here. And then they kick me out of here for about 10 days, and then we come back and uh, we dive into a fresh new year. So it should be a fun uh, time of renewal. Looking forward to it, but also looking forward to hanging out with you here Uh, these next couple days to put a bow on what's been a great 2022. First of all, uh, we might have seen, (laughs) we might have seen the greatest sporting event of the year and maybe the greatest sporting event I've ever watched in my life. And this is coming from a guy where, uh, you know, it's not that I have any sort of uh, dislike of soccer. It's just down the list in terms of how it captivates my personal attention span, but uh, slept in on Sunday morning a little bit, but then woke up, was doing the unhealthy thing, you know, looking at the Twitter while you're in the in your bed still. And I was like, oh, shoot, World Cup Finals on. So I got up, got out of bed, and gosh, I was so glad that I, I got out of bed because then I was just hooked. I was sitting all by myself. Uh, my girlfriend had to work, and so I'm just sitting there just solo, <laughs> drinking drinking some caffeine and just enthralled by this, this match, which was unbelievable. So we'll talk some World Cup today right off the top. We also have your standard... Monday lineup for you, the Montana Football Hour, where we'll uh, talk all about the FCS playoffs. Uh, North Dakota State moves on Friday night, and they will play South Dakota State, who eliminated the last Big Sky Conference team left in the field, the Montana State Bobcats. They go to Brookings, South Dakota, and they fall 39-18. NDSU, by the way, beat Incarnate Word 35-32. So, um... What do you know, NDSU back in the uh, national title game again, but South Dakota State, uh, they'll get a shot at the Bison for the first time. It's the second time SDSU's been to the national championship game, but the first time they'll play against North Dakota State because the last time they went, it was during the spring season, of uh, spring of 2021. 
So we'll take you through uh, the FCS playoffs, recap both those games, give you some analysis on the upcoming national championship. We also have some sound bites from uh, Brent Vegan, Montana State head football coach, Derek Snell, a senior to be now, tight end, probably expect him to be a captain next year. Not guaranteeing that, but I, I would be surprised if he wasn't one of the the team leaders at the very least and, and probably a team captain. Uh, first team all-league pick this last year. And I also have a, a little soundbite from Bertie Greeby, who's a, an All-American defensive end kid from Millstone, Montana, who's made his way quite nicely for the Montana State Bobcats. We also have some news uh, from the University of Montana. Daniel Britt into the transfer portal, first reported by Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, uh, our great partners here at Nuanas Now. So what does it mean for the Grizz? I, I don't know how much it means directly for the Grizz as much as it's just sort of the emphasis of a a growing and continuing trend at the University of Montana in terms of um, ability or inability to recruit and develop young quarterbacks. It seems like when it comes to the quarterback position, Montana has become almost definitively transfer you. And I think with uh, Daniel Britt out, they're absolutely going to bring in another transfer. And and so then what does that mean moving forward uh, for Grizz football? We'll talk about that uh, a little bit as well. Hour number two, our great friend Marty Mornaweg uh, will be in studio 25-plus years in the National Football League. And uh, what a great resource he is to talk all the way around the NFL each and every Monday. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll talk uh, as it's now all of a sudden. We're to the point in the schedule now where football is over for the football that we cover now. I mean, We'll have our eyes on the FCS National Championship game, but it's been a crazy long season. Um, this has definitely been the 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 most challenging from just a physical sustainability standpoint uh, for me. Just because uh, we, we don't have – I had a place in both Missoula and Bozeman for the better part of 10 years, and we don't have that in Bozeman anymore. We kind of just got priced out there in Bozeman, which is really unfortunate. But uh, there was at least half a dozen Saturdays where we were driving to and from Bozeman in the same day, I guess spanning over the span of two days. I mean, I went to bed at 11.45 on Saturday night, and I, I thought to myself, I said, make a mental note here, because this is the first time you've gone to bed before midnight on a Saturday this entire football season. So it was certainly a trying year. But we're now into the part of the NFL schedule where we have not just Sunday games, we got Saturday games too. So there's plenty of football to feed the fix. So we'll get into some of the uh, surprises, some of our top coach of the year candidates, division winners, pl- uh, teams that have already clinched playoff berths, and uh, everything in between with Coach Marty uh, during the Monday afternoon quarterback uh, with Marty Mornaweg, our NFL go-to guy. That's your show outlook. It's presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in Western Montana, in the real estate world, Give Brent and his team a call today. I am Coulter Nuanas. I don't even know if I said that yet. <laughs> we are coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. If you want to stream the show, you always can on the ESPN MT app, and you also always can on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. And if you want to be a part of the show, you got questions, comments, concerns, anything in between. Call or text us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029, and all guests will join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. We're going to dive into the Montana football hour 
here, and it's presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. We're going to start with some World Cup talk, though, because Blackfoot is also one of our great sponsors of Soccer and Snow and Smoke, a great soccer podcast that Andrew Houghton has helped launch. Been going on for probably a little more close to a year now, so that's been cool to see that thing build up. Uh, but what a great... What a great month for content for those guys because uh, Andrew's been doing a great job keeping up with the World Cup. He's had a couple really fun contributors. Uh, Chris chitovitsky has been giving his two cents on World Cup stuff, the uh, University of Montana soccer coach, and a couple other people that are big in the soccer community here around uh, Missoula. I don't understand the nuances of soccer as much as I, I wish I did, but I will say this. I do understand the concept of legacy when it comes to sport, and Lionel Messi is a household name even in a sport like soccer that does not have a lot of household names in America. And it's undeniable watching him play soccer that he is one of the great athletes, not just currently on the earth, but ever. I mean, he's he's unbelievable, his ability to move and his spatial awareness and his speed and vision and all these different things. Uh, but Kylian Mbappe is definitely right there as well, and you could see that. The, he's sort of the emerging guy from France. I know on the international level, he's already emerged. He's an absolute superstar, but he's becoming that as well. And that's what you had with Argentina versus France. And, you know, you like drama. This thing comes all the way down to the end. You got both stars scoring goals to carry their team. Then you got extra time. Then you got penalty kicks. And then at the end, I mean, the emotion, I mean, the Argentina guys just laid there on the field afterwards for like a good 10 minutes because you could tell they were in disbelief, but also just completely and utterly exhausted. What an unbelievable World Cup final. Uh, Andrew, put this into perspective for people, though, because, th- I mean, this is uh, legacy making is is an understatement here, right? I mean, th- this was the last sort of jewel that Lionel Messi needed in his crown. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it, Coulter. Lionel Messi didn't really need this for his legacy to be considered as one of the greatest players of all time, but it would have been the one thing that everybody brought up when talking about him when he had finally retired and and gone gracefully into the, the, the good night there. He had never won the World Cup. They came close in 2014. They made it all the way to the final, lost to Germany on an extra time goal. And the thing is that the World Cup, much like the Olympics, it is the stage where players that has an outsized impact on players' legacies, right? Not to say that you're a failure if, you're to, if you don't win the World Cup, not to say that right. that diminishes anything else that you do in your career, but most, if not all, of the great players in the history of the game have been and will be remembered for their impact primarily on a World Cup, right? Especially uh-huh. Lionel Messi's countryman, Diego Maradona, the, the previous right. greatest Argentinian soccer player of all time, He's primarily remembered for what he did in the 1986 World Cup leading the Argentines to that World Cup. It's just, it's it, it's the biggest possible stage on which to write your legacy, right? And I couldn't help but think of Diego Maradona. If you listen to this show, you follow along, you know I'm a big documentary guy. And I love sports documentaries particularly. And for my money... I think the the most compelling and maybe mind-blowing documentary I've ever watched, and I've watched a lot of documentaries, is the HBO documentary about Diego Maradona. If you have a minute over the holidays, watch it. You, you have to be in the mindset that you have to pay attention. It, it's not a, you know, kind of watch it and scroll your phone, because it's all in Spanish. And so you have to read subtitles, and it's more than two hours long. It, it, is, it is flooring. I, we don't understand the level of superstardom that Diego Maradona attained. 
but also the level of controversy that highlighted his life. And I, that's what I kept thinking of was how sometimes sports is bigger than just the competition. It, it can mean so much to a group of people and to a country. And that's all I kept thinking about with the Argentinians is, is they get now this and they have a new God that they have. They have a new soccer hero now. And Messi always was going to be that anyways. But Maradona, he, he's so revered because of his unbelievable talent, but also because of sort of his tragic life. I mean, he, he had a, a sort of a tainted existence. And, and, you know, that's something you can romanticize and all that. But now they have this new hero. And I, I just couldn't feel more happy for the people. I mean, if you saw the videos of like Buenos Aires and, and different Argentinian cities, I mean, the party is rocking in Argentina right now, but it's just cool for them to have like a, a new, a new face of their country, basically. And that's part of what made this performance over the month of the world cup. So incredible, not just by Lionel Messi, who not only winning this world cup was one of the top scorers at this world cup played incredibly well, the entire tournament long, but just that entire team performance, the pressure on them knowing that this is going to be Lionel Messi's last World Cup, knowing that he's not going to be able to win it alone, knowing that not only are you carrying your nation's hopes and dreams and your own hopes and dreams, but also you potentially have the legacy of the greatest player of all time at your feet. And Coulter, just for a plug here, Soccer and Snow and Smoke new episode recorded right after the World Cup final. I drove... From the Thomas Marbar to the studio oh, nice. Hell yeah. to get my thoughts down. Uh, so about 15, 20 minutes worth of soccer and snow and smoke. And it was that was one of the big things about that final. I don't think I've ever seen a team alchemize pressure into performance in a way that that Argentina team did in the final. It was incredible to watch because they were playing at such a high level with that crippling pressure on them the entire time. That's what I was so struck by was the level of performance from both the teams. I mean, you're talking, you're playing. I mean, people were at that match, 100,000 people live. I mean, the the stadium is just overflowing with people. They're going crazy the whole time. But then you also have to think like, I mean, Super Bowl be damned. How many people are watching that around the globe? Like seriously, 100 million? Like so many people are watching it. And neither side crumbled under the pressure at all. Each side continued to one-up, one-up, one-up. And then when the Argentinian goalkeeper makes the save, and then they, they get up another goal, and it was it was an unbelievable spectacle. Go check out Soccer and So and Smoke. Uh, Andrew Houghton has uh, his initial takes from the one of the greatest uh, World Cup finals, one of the greatest sporting events I've ever witnessed. It was unbelievable on Sunday morning. I, I, uh, if you missed it, I, uh, I'm sorry for you, but it was... Uh, it was awesome. We'll come back to the World Cup later on this week as we continue to round out uh, 2022. But go make sure to subscribe to Soccer and Snow and Smoke and appreciate Blackfoot Communications for their continued sponsorship of Soccer and Snow and Smoke as well as Candy Taphouse and Zootown Sports Cards. And uh, maybe we'll even play a little excerpt of that Soccer and Snow and Smoke as part of our 4015 presented by Flanagan Motors. So we appreciate all of our fine sponsors for helping bring you the best of the best uh, when it comes to the world of soccer. Uh, Montana Football Hours also presented by the advocates when you've been in an accident you feel like you've lost control with no upfront cost to talk to an advocate there's no risk in making the first step to taking control of your life again every single day personal injury uh, is all the advocates do so if you need to get in touch with them you can call them or chat online you can visit montanaadvocates.com anytime 24 hours a day 
the advocates reminding you that you deserve an advocate. FCS Final Four, North Dakota State, 35, Incarnate Word, 32. Saturday's result, South Dakota State, 39, Montana State, 18. So the Missouri Valley Football Conference rivals, NDSU and SDSU, will play for the FCS National Championship the first Sunday, I guess the second Sunday technically, of uh, 2023 uh, in Frisco, Texas. So a couple weeks from now. We'll start quickly with the North Dakota State game because that's the one that came first. And unbelievable what North Dakota State has been able to not just build but sustain. There was this narrative around this team this year that they were down. And I think watching them, you could tell that they they don't quite have the talent that they've had in the past. Now, how can you have the talent that they've had in the past? I mean, there was there was a moment in time where you're talking about a top three draft pick, not top three rounds, top three picks, <laughs> draft pick at quarterback. Another, you know, there's an inside linebacker who's definitely getting drafted. Multiple offensive linemen that are getting drafted. I mean that. The, the NDSU team that beat Eastern Washington in the, in the uh, championship game in, in 2019, I guess it was January 2019, well, half that team was going to the league. So how do you maintain that? I don't, I, it's, it's not possible for any program anywhere in the nation besides maybe Georgia and Alabama to maintain that level of talent. That said, for NDSU to have waning interest locally, uh, they, they haven't sold out. They did not sell out one of their playoff games so far uh, this this year. And I, I guess now they don't have any more. Uh, with with sort of this narrative around the country that they weren't quite as good, they don't have quite the elite talent. With one of, if not the, their best player, Hunter Lepke, out, the, the big running back. And then for them on Friday night at the Fargo Dome with this upstart, pretty brand new Division one opponent. I mean, Incarnate Word's only been D one for eight years, and so to have a, a, an upstart program that's having their greatest season in their program's short history come into Fargo and go up fourteen nothing, to have all that stuff go against you, and then to make more mistakes than you ever make, and and this team is characterized by not making a lot of mistakes, and to make more mistakes than you ever usually make, and then still you figure out a way to post a victory and go back to Frisco. It's just crazy, man. I, I think that if you ever wonder about when people talk about a winning attitude, a winning mentality, what does that mean? Just watch North Dakota State. They refuse to lose. It, it's it's truly uh, uh, if and when it ever ends. And it has to end. All good things come to an end. But when it ends, and then we have time for it to sort of settle, we can compartmentalize it. I, I truly think that it's absolutely the greatest run in the history of college sports. And I know it's not going to get that same reverence because it is, you know, quote-unquote small school football. And, and maybe NDSU goes and loses in the national championship game, and this is the beginning of the end for them. I'm not sure. It's just so silly, though, to think. I mean, let's put it in a perspective like this. Since, since I moved back to Montana... 12 years ago, 2010, we've seen three Big Sky Conference teams advance to the national championship. 2010, Eastern Washington went and won it. 2019, Eastern Washington went and lost it. 
And last year, Montana State went. And think about how good the Big Sky's been. NDSU's in the national championship every single year. It's crazy. It's crazy to really think the, the consistency that they've had. And I, th- I truly think it's a testament to their culture and their mentality to get that point. There's tons we could talk about, and maybe we will uh, throughout the rest of this Montana football hour, about the Incarnate Word game. I thought Incarnate Word came out, smacked North Dakota State straight in the face, and got a 14 nothing lead. And then I thought that they completely let it melt away. I mean, they, they made so many different mistakes. Lindsey Scott, who's absolutely going to win the Walter Payton Award, and he absolutely deserves it, he made some crazy mistakes. Fumbles and interceptions, and honestly, Incarnate Word blew it. But if you're going to beat NDSU and Fargo, you got to go take it. And uh, they weren't able to. Uh, Nuan is now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. And the ESPN MT app, Coulter Nuanez, coming to you through the ESPN MT studio. Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank, we invite you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and your neighbors. We'll have three big things about the Cats coming up here uh, in just a little while. But just some notes on Montana State's 39-18 loss to South Dakota State. First and foremost, I thought, and this is what happens when you have a team that's on a special run, and you know they've won 8, 9, 10 games in a row, there starts to be an elevated and sometimes over-elevated sense of belief. And make no mistake, I was high on the Cats going into Brookings. I thought they were going to go in there and be very competitive. This is a three-touchdown margin for the final margin of victory. It wasn't that close. South Dakota State ran roughshod over Montana State. I mean, they, they basically they blew the game open early, and they, they stayed in control for the duration. They were playing a bunch of backups down the stretch. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the gutsy play of Tommy Mallott to keep on fighting and Montana, get Montana State a late touchdown, this would have been an even steeper margin of victory. Um, but all that said, I did think it was a little bit interesting the, uh, the level of confidence from people across Montana. And I heard from people that are Bobcat supporters, but I also heard from a bunch of people that are Grizz supporters. And I don't know if it was Grizz people that were like kind of subconsciously hoping that the Cats were just going to win it all so that they could, you know, rest on the laurels of, of the huge rivalry victory over Montana State and say, oh, well, you know, we're the Grizz. We got our butts kicked. But at least the team that kicked our butts won the national championship. All that said, I thought it was a little bit... Uh, interesting how confident people were in Montana State going to Brookings, South Dakota. I, again, I thought the Cats were going to go there and be a little bit more competitive than they were, but I'm not surprised one bit South Dakota State beat them. I mean, South Dakota State, first of all, they've been the most consistently impressive program in the country besides North Dakota State over the last 12 years. I mean, that was their 12th playoff appearance in the last 13 seasons. They have been right there. I mean, they've been in the, the semifinals Every year since 2017, save one. And, uh, you know, John Stigelmeyer has been loading up for this for a really long time. And South Dakota State got to this point with Tucker Craft, their big tight end who's going to the NFL. He missed about half the season. They didn't have one of their main weapons. Adam Bach, their stud inside linebacker who played absolutely lights out on Saturday. He missed a good two months of the season. Uh, They had other key guys, uh, you know, in and out of the lineup, in and out of the lineup. Uh, you know, Matt Kronowski, the quarterback, coming off a knee injury. So he was 
not all the way full strength till about midseason. Uh, one of the two Yankee twins, I can't remember which one, uh, but Jackson and Jaden Yankee, the great wide receivers on the outside, one of those guys missed some time. So South Dakota State was banged up across the board, yet they still were able to run the table, still able to beat North Dakota State in the regular season, still got the number one seed. Now they got all those guys back. So uh, no shame in losing to the best team in the country on the road, especially when it's <laughs> about three degrees and the field conditions are awful and you know, the home field advantage, even though there was only about 6,500 people there, very real for South Dakota State. We're going to get back to sort of the ins and outs of this game here in just a little while, but a couple notes on the Cats. Uh, again, a disappointing loss in Brookings, but certainly worth noting, Montana State, their first Big Sky Conference title since 2012. That means that was the first Big Sky championship by one of the Montana schools in 10 years. That's impressive and also surprising when you really put it into perspective. I mean, I, I know... We're not shocked. We sit here and we do this for a living. So we're there. We were uh, we were aware that there was not a Big Sky title for a Montana school in a decade. It's just crazy when you really think about the landscape of the FCS, who has the resources and the support, and uh, what's been missing for the Montana schools. But a breakthrough for Montana State to get the conference title for sure. Also, three straight semifinal appearances for the or for the uh, the Bobcats, which then I think ties the Big Sky Conference record. I was going through. All of the, the different deals. And, and Idaho had a great run there in the late 80s and early 90s. Boise State had a great run in the in the early 1980s when the FCS, when Division One AA first became a subdivision. Eastern Washington had a great run where I think they went to the semis, I think, five years, five times in eight years. And uh, the Grizzlies had several different runs where they were in the semis, three out of four, three out of four. But I, I could only ever find one other Big Sky Conference team, and that was the Grizz, 94-96, to that made it to three consecutive semifinals in the FCS playoffs until Montana State did it this year. I know they had the, the 2020 year, which was uh, null and void because of the pandemic, but three straight fall seasons in which the Bobcats went to the uh, the semifinals, and uh, that's super, super impressive uh, by MSU, especially in, in Brent Vegan's second season at the helm. The Cats are going to be back to this spot again. You know, there's always factors that go into it, but Montana State has a ton of guys coming back. They do lose some key guys like Ty Okada, who's been one of our favorites around here, Bobcat captain, who's always been so gracious with his time and a guy that's such an articulate and thoughtful leader. RJ Fitzgerald, a fascinating story as a guy who grew up the uh, the son and nephew of former Grizz great linebackers uh, who then, uh, you know, didn't get the love he wanted from the Grizz and, and ended up going to Montana State and carving out his own legacy there, wearing their legacy number, being a captain. Callahan O'Reilly, a walk-on quarterback from Bozeman High School who becomes an all-league and all-American inside linebacker. Willie Patterson, one of the smoothest dudes around. You know, a guy who came to play for Jeff Choate and instead ended up having to reform his role there for Brent Vegan. But they have pretty much everybody else back, including Tommy Mallott, who I think is one of the great pieces you can have to build around. And we'll get to Tommy a little bit more here. Uh, they have a glut of talent coming up back on the offensive line, at running back, on the defensive front. I mean, most of Montana State's best players, Tommy Mallott, Brody Greeby, Sebastian Valdez, I mean, these guys are all sophomores. So they have a lot uh, to build upon. But as we know, sports are not linear. We want to believe that they are, but they're not. It's not exponential improvement all the time. So there will certainly be some factors that go into sort of the, the, the remaking of the Bobcats moving forward. And part of that's just going to be replacing those leaders because I, I do think that 
Sometimes you have the best fabric of a team when you're when you're alpha dogs and your best leaders are not your most talented players. Because if the most talented players are still falling in line behind guys that are more dynamic leaders, then all of a sudden you have a symbiotic team. Sometimes I think that that's the best type of team you can have. That's what Montana State had this year. So how do they replicate that or how do they redefine it? How do they redefine the leadership structure uh, within their program? Uh, we shall see. Three big things about the Cats coming up here on the Montana Football Hour. Montana Football Hour presented by the Advocates, Stockman Bank, and Blackfoot Communications. Uh, as I mentioned, our travels for the football season are officially finished. We will be on the road a little bit for basketball, but not nearly as strenuous. Got to say thanks, though, to Town Pump for keeping us fueled up all football season long. Town Pump by the mile. Been a great promotion. They got us to and from all sorts of different places across the West, across the Big Sky Conference. And they hooked you guys up with all sorts of free gasoline and free snacks and things like that as well. So appreciate Town Pump for their continued support of us here at ESPN Radio as well as Skyline Sports. Town Pump by the mile, great promotion. And uh, thanks to Town Pump, Town Pump, Montana's best. Three big things about the Bobcats. Plus, Brent Vegan, Derek Snell, and Brody Greeby. Coming up next, keep it right here. Montana Football Hour rolls on. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. College Athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuanas here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years' experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. ESPN Radio. Please come back to me, John Butler. A little John Butler trio action in Missoula next year. I, I, we got to have it. It's just so quintessential. Listen to some of my favorite songs. That's an old song, <laughs> but I listen to it a lot this year. I don't know why, but uh, it's that time of year where they tell you the songs you listen to the most. So that'll be the playlist for the next couple days as we wind up 2022. Welcome back. New is now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. No Friday show. I'm having my Floco Friday here uh, on my Monday. Having a little Lotus action. Very nice. Plant-based energy. Refreshing. You might say, hey, Coulter, it's really cold outside. Well, it's okay. Still a a good little energy boost for you. And uh, you can always get the hot stuff at Florence Coffee. As well. Uh, National Signing Day, or I guess the uh, early signing period, I should say, for college football opens Wednesday. It's just amazing how relentless this is. (laughs) It just never ends. Uh, So we'll have some stuff on Wednesday for you about the signees. But Iverson Young, three-star running back out of Texas, just gave his verbal commitment to the University of Montana. Also, 
Uh, Tyler McCullough, a Colorado State transfer wide receiver, he gave his commitment earlier today to Montana State. So we'll have a little recruiting for you uh, coming up. But first, Montana Football Hour rolls on. Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank. When you bank with Stockman, you receive personalized customer service and your phone call is always answered by a live person. Stockman Bank does a great job of meeting your overall financial needs, blending traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology. Stockman Bank provides time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. Three big things about the Bobcats after their 39-18 to loss to South Dakota State in Brookings, South Dakota over the weekend. The one thing I was so struck by, and, and you know, this is, this is where the debates between which conference is the best conference. I think that we've reached the point where the Big Sky Conference has more nationally competitive teams than any other conference in the FCS. But... If you don't have a team that can actually go win the national championship, I still have a hard time saying that you're the best conference in the country. And I do think that the Big Sky has as many teams that are capable of making the playoffs as any league in the country. But after what we saw the last several weeks, whether it was Montana going to Fargo to play North Dakota State or Montana State running into a buzzsaw in Brookings, there's only two teams that can win the national championship. It's South Dakota State and North Dakota State. That's it. I, and that's my number one thing that I was struck by coming out of the Bobcat game was it's amazing how close you can be, yet how far away you can be. Montana State has been building it, building it, and building it. They punched through. They you know went undefeated in league, beat their rivals, won a couple playoff games, made it to the Final Four. All tremendous accomplishments. Yet they're still really far away. I know there's a lot of factors that went into their poor performance on Saturday, not the least of which that the, the field was not in good shape. But both teams had to play on that field. I do think that favored South Dakota State's style a lot more. Montana State wins with speed. South Dakota State wins with power. And uh, I did think it had an influence, but I, I, just, I was so struck with how close you can be, yet how far away you still are. And that's my first big thing about the Bobcats. They are closer than they've been in quite some time, yet they're still, I don't, I'm not going to say far away, but there's still a ways to go for Montana State and everybody else in the Big Sky Conference as well. Here's Brent Vegan, just on the foundation he feels that his program has moving forward. foundation right now we feel is uh, is on very solid ground in, in a large part because of, of what those guys meant to this program um, and their time here. So you really want to thank them. Um, for all that they've uh, they've been through and all that they've uh, overcome, and in the leadership they showed, and, and you know uh, setting us setting our path moving forward. Second big thing about the Bobcats is that I, I still find the phenomenon of Tommy Malott to be one of the most compelling, interesting phenomenons in all of the sporting landscape in Montana. Last year, he rose to great prominence by leading Montana State to the national championship despite only taking over as the starter right before the playoffs began. I think a great many haters and a lot of people that are just rational thinkers wanted to say, well, 
it was just a flash in the pan. Nobody had film on the kid. He's, he's, you know, he's a backup that surprised people. Montana State's offense was way different with him than it was with Matt McKay. Okay, that's all fine and dandy. Then tell him, well, I had to deal with the exposure and the machine that is, you know, the hype machine that exists in America today, even if it's just small-town Montana. I mean, the kid's on T-shirts. He's on commercials. He's all over the place. He's like the first face of a university during this new age of player empowerment and player monetization and player marketing and all these sort of things. And he did nothing but stay humble, work hard, embrace it. And he had a tremendous, tremendous sophomore season. And, I, I, you know, when I'm talking about the field conditions, but also just the way that Montana State was just overmatched, I thought that that was most... Most indicative in the way that Tommy Mallott was able to operate or lack thereof in Montana State's loss at South Dakota State. He, he couldn't get to the edge, which then really limited, if not completely um, destroyed, their, their, the zone read elements of their, their inside zone or their option game and, and their, all of the stuff that they need. What Montana State does the best is they, they not only set the edge, then they erase the edge, and then they're into open space. That's what they do so well on offense. Tommy Mallott's the catalyst of all that. They weren't able to do that at South Dakota State for whatever reason. That said, there's always the debates over the intangible elements of leadership and of playing quarterback. Tommy Mallott, I thought, had one of his best games throwing the ball. He showed that he can throw it. He had a couple dimes while getting just smashed. But more than anything, though, I think the, t- the kid showed what it truly means to be a leader. He is one tough son of a gun, man. He was getting beat down in this game, and he kept coming back for more. He kept coming back for more. I mean, I can't believe these guys weren't wearing sleeves, first of all, but that's a totally other tangent. But the kid's arms were bleeding. I mean, everybody was all busted up because of that field. But regardless, time a lot. Kept coming, kept coming, kept coming back for more. His touchdown at the end of the game helped make it only a three-score margin. I don't know how much you take from that. I don't know if it's any sort of morale booster. I mean, Montana State expected to go there and win, and they didn't, and so I think it's disappointing no matter what. That's all to say that the kid from Butte gives you the, the, the foundation to which to build on, and I think that everybody in Montana should be proud of the fact that there is a Montana born and bred quarterback leading one of the Montana schools, and he is... Uh, as good as it gets when it comes to the intangible parts of the game. Here's Derek Snell, a all-big sky tight end for the Montana State Bobcats, on Tommy Mallott's performance on Saturday against South Dakota State. Just being that that dude he is, um, just he's a complete beast, and he's doing trying to do anything for the team. And you know, you've seen that today. You know, just got hit multiple times, and just kept getting up, kept kept fighting, kept getting up, kept fighting. Here's Brett Vegan on Tommy Mallott's performance. Yeah, I, you know, that's um, – I, I, I appreciate Tommy. I mean, he's as tough a competitor um, as I've been around. And at the same time, that's not the type of game that um, we needed him to be able to play for us to win, um, you know. And, and, and But he just kept, you know, going after it. So, um, you know, as a sophomore becoming a junior, you know, he's going to keep getting better and better. And um, – but, I mean, I, I – Appreciate his toughness, his competitive nature, and, and, and leadership, and you know, um, anxious to see him continue to grow. Noah is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. 
Remember, if you've been in an accident, you have people that can help you. The advocates offer free consultation to discuss your case, and you don't have to pay a dime until they win your case. The advocates know it's scary, so call them today. Remember, you deserve an advocate. 406-640-4444. Call anytime, 24 hours a day. The advocates. The other, uh, one more point on the quarterback position uh, at Montana State. I also thought Sean Chambers getting knocked out of this game and not being able to return was was very detrimental to MSU. I think their offense so much more diverse and they can keep you spinning at an even higher level than they already do when they have both those guys available, both Malott and Chambers. And I also think that Chambers, he's such a, a burly, powerful runner that uh, he he helps set the tone for him offensively as well. So here's Brett Vegan on uh, Sean Chambers going out and how it affected the uh, the football game. Well, I, I think it uh, it forced us to, to shift a little bit. Uh, obviously, using both those guys has been part of uh, you know our recent success. But but ultimately, um, you know, we were able to still run our offense, and um, you know, it just didn't uh, we didn't make enough plays uh, through a really a critical stretch in that. Uh, you know, late first, I mean, probably our second and third possessions, you know, when we had opportunities, we we had some penalties. I know that we're on forced errors. That's not a characteristic of, of who we've been. Um, you know, and I think a lot of credit definitely does go to South Dakota State. Uh, you know, they, uh, I thought they defended us well and tackled us well. And, you know, it was going to come down to, in a lot of ways, who could tackle better. And I think they did that today. At the beginning of this week, you already knew that they were going to have their eyes on number four and number 22. What did you see from them defensively and just being able to limit that run game? Well, I think the, the thing you looked at all season for them is they, they got off blocks real well. Um, so whether that's a real broad statement, but I, I'm certain that they got off blocks better than we blocked them. And then they, they tackled us and we didn't uh, didn't break tackles um, enough. And, and um, you know, you... You need to keep scoring because they score. Um, that's not a good formula. Certainly not a good formula. Nuanas now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app, Montana Football Hour. Three big things about the Bobcats. Number three, like I said, I mean, point number one was it's amazing how close you can be, yet how far away you can be. And when it comes to actually where the gap exists, I think the gap exists in two, two, two ways, two fundamental uh, differences that are keeping North Dakota State, South Dakota State out in front of the, the best in the Big Sky Conference. One obvious on the field, the fronts. Montana State has had the best, I mean, Montana State has had the best offensive line in the league for three years straight. They've had the best defensive front in the league. Well, I, I should restate that. 2019-2021, Montana State had the best defensive front in the league and, and one of the best, best defensive fronts in the country. Their defensive front this last uh, year has some potential. Sebastian Valdez, Brody Greeby, both only uh, sophomores, and they have great talent. But I, I do think that the, the Cats defensively as a whole, that was the thing that would probably held them back a little bit. They were lead on offense for sure. They have a ways to go on defense, but they do have young building blocks. But yet... You saw Montana State against North Dakota State in 2019 and 2021. Best defensive front in the conference. No chance against NDSU's offensive line. And then this last game against South Dakota State, they got blown off the ball both sides. Both fronts uh, 
were overmatched, to be sure. That's the tangible part on the field. The other part, though, and and this is where I get sort of uh, surly about the state of college football. It's all money, man. Okay, so why does the gap exist in talent anywhere on the board for North Dakota State and South Dakota State? Because they got indoor practice facilities, they got full funding, they have full cost of attendance, they have all this different stuff that nobody else in the Big Sky has, that, that only teams in the Missouri Valley have. And that's going to be the defining factor forever. Resources, facilities, prestige, equal players, equal coaches, equal all the things you need to be a good football team. And I just don't know how you ever close the gap unless you have those things. Here's Bordy Greeby on just uh, the gaps for the fronts. I mean, I, I think that Montana State has some pieces to build upon, but they are still a little ways to go when it comes to the battle in the trenches. As a D-line, we need to do better. And, I mean, they're a physical, tough team. And uh, we got run over a little bit today, but um, good luck to them, and we're going to get better. I thought we fought our butts off all season, and um, we lost out, but we had a great season. We won the conference, and uh, the worst part is just missing those guys that are rocks on our team. So, yeah, we got a good core group of guys. Well, obviously, uh, have to fill some holes that we um, lose, but yeah, like I said, we got a good core group of guys, and we always talk about leaving the program better than you found it, and I think we got some guys coming up that can hopefully keep it going. You definitely hear the emotion there in Birdie Gruby's voice talking about the uh, the guys that came before. A text in from a loyal listener. Uh, Montana State beat South Dakota State last year, so they're not that far away. It's a great point. I also thought some of the comments that John Stigelmeyer, South Dakota State's head coach, made on this show last week, uh, he basically he, he said, point blank, last year we didn't have our guy at quarterback because Matt Gronowski was out. I thought that was a fascinating thing to hear him say because Chris Oladokun, who was the quarterback at South Dakota State last year, He's a seventh-round draft pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's a great player. And he was great against Montana State. He threw for over 300 yards. And I thought he was nails. I mean, South Dakota State was winning that game at halftime in Bozeman. And then Troy Anderson and Daniel Hardy and Chase Benson, the boys, stepped up and stuffed SDSU. But I also thought maybe that was Stigelmeyer implying that Gronowski just does a better job internally of, of operating what they need him to do. And, and from a leadership standpoint, you never know. But I just thought it was interesting that uh, Stigelmeyer said, we didn't have our guy last year at quarterback, and now we do, even though Old, Do- Old Oaken was really good last year. Uh, but it is worth remembering that Montana State did beat South Dakota State. I also think that last year, uh, South Dakota State, um, they were they were sort of w- weary coming into Montana State only because they had had a sort of a, a – they had stumbled down in the, in the midst of the season. They lost three games, and then they had a weird draw, and they had played an extra playoff game, and they were also coming off the spring season, so they were a little beat up. Regardless – if you're getting to the Final Four, you are absolutely right there. I just think that Montana State, there's just this gap. They need to figure out a way to close it. And, and they are. They're so close. How do you put it over the top? Oh, I think it's just the little things. Indoor practice facility, which the Cats have approved in their building. Or in the in the beginning stages of scouting out how to build, I should say. Full cost of attendance. I don't know if that's coming or if NIL money just replaces that. But also, the other thing is Montana State just needs to keep riding the momentum of the the community at large and the institution at large because Montana State University itself is rocking, and that's going to be the thing that helps Montana State keep pace here uh, moving forward. We will finish up this three big things about the Bobcats with this. 
Here's Brett Vegan on what he'll remember about this group, this team, the most. Well, I think the, uh, the today obviously didn't go the way we wanted to, but I think you got to look back and, and be proud of all that we did accomplish this year. Um, it's hard though; it's hard in the moment to, to to get a sense for that. Obviously, thanked that senior group. Uh, I've talked about it. I th- you know in so many ways they were an extension of last year's group, um, and, and they've done so much for this program. Um, they've left. You know, an outstanding legacy, and, and you know, it's just too fresh to understand that that's really what it's all about. But those guys um, can be really proud of their time at Montana State, and they'll be Bobcats forever. And they can always look back at uh, you know their time. Uh, Bobcat football really took off. I, I just think what a what an amazing group of guys, and it's it's just a collection of uh, you know a couple guys that walked on. Um, you know, all the way to a couple guys that were, were transfers in the mix and a, a bunch of six-year guys, um, you know, unheralded compared to maybe last year's group, but but certainly left uh, left their mark um, in, in such a team-first group. And that's, that doesn't just happen. You know, I think they get, you know, guys got to make that choice. They got to have that impression laid upon them along their, their path. And, and, and this group, uh, you know, do whatever you ask, um, lead by example, lead vocally. Um, they knew how it was supposed to be done, and they uh, they did it. You know, it didn't work out today, but boy, um, you know, this group will go down in history as one of the best. It's hard to say that you can't, that they won't. I mean, how can you argue with, I mean, I think this group of seniors was a part of close to 40 victories. They went 29-2 and two at home. And they went to three straight Final Fours, which is something nobody can say besides the 94 to 96 Grizz in terms of Big Sky Conference teams. So a pretty darn impressive run by this group of Montana State Bobcats. So listen to the Montana Football Hour here uh, on ESPN Radio. The Montana Football Hour presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank has more than three dozen locations across the state of Montana. They're only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Got a couple pieces of portal news for you next to round out the Montana Football Hour. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and ESPN MT app. There's all sorts of football games on the television on Saturday and Sunday. Got some college football uh, bowl games coming up, plus a whole bunch of games on Saturday uh, because Christmas Day is Sunday, if you hadn't heard. So, I think 11 NFL games on Saturday and then just uh, three on Sunday. So, if you need anywhere to watch the games, head on down to the Silver Slipper. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team. At the Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. 
Swing by the Silver Slipper, see why it's one of Montana's best-kept secrets today. Wrapping up the Montana Football Hour here, Coach Marty Mornaweg, uh, he is on his way. It's snowing outside. He just texted in and said, people don't know how to drive in the snow. I wish I could do it in his voice. <laughs> he said, I'm on the way. Uh, truck says I'll be there right after 5. So uh, he's on his way, and that's okay because we're running a little behind here anyways. But Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty coming up next. Thanks to our great sponsors here uh, at the Montana Football Hour, Stockman Bank, your Montana brand of banking. The Advocates reminding you that you deserve an advocate and Blackfoot Communications helping you connect to more. The uh, news for the Bobcats is they are into the offseason. No rest for the weary because signing day, or I guess the opening of the uh, signing early signing period begins Wednesday. The Grizz, same thing, but the Grizz got some roster movement. It took a little while, but finals week was last week uh, in Missoula, so I would expect, well, I shouldn't say I would expect, but if there's moves that are going to be made, they're going to start coming out right now. And uh, the first one, is Daniel Britt, the uh, the hero of the Grizz fan pod, <laughs> but also uh, a talented young quarterback out of Las Vegas. He uh, he has entered the NCAA transfer portal. First is uh, reported by Sean Rainey. Uh, this has not been um, officially made official by one and only Daniel Britt himself, uh, but we'll see. We'll see if there's more movement, but I think this is a bigger uh, topic of discussion Oh, he, he announced it. Andrew says he announced it on his official Twitter page. So there you go. Uh, that's the way of the world now. You know, <laughs> we just wait. Uh, regardless, I think this is a, co- a bigger conversation. We will actually address this uh, later on this week. Uh, but Britt, yep, he did. He, he announced it, said, thank you, Montana, for the opportunity. I'm officially in the transfer portal with three years of eligibility remaining. So uh, yet another piece of... Uh, Conversation. Where does Montana go from here at the quarterback position? We'll talk about some of these uh, upcoming signees. We'll also have signing day coverage for you on Wednesday. But for now, the uh, Montana Football Hour in the books for the last time, 2022. Thanks so much for always following along here, the first hour of every Monday show. But have no fear. We got one more hour here coming up on your Monday. The Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Mornaway, more than 25 years in the NFL. He'll join us to talk our way all the way around some of our top NFL storylines as uh, we're into the stretch run now. We got division champions being crowned. We have playoff bursts being secured, and uh, we got a whole bunch of great football action coming up, and it was a wild weekend in the NFL this last weekend. So we'll recap it all during the Monday afternoon quarterback next. Keep it right here. It's new on us now. ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions, that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills. So all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.